Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brian. Well, there was some fair there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter. And today I'm joined with Guile. Hi, I'm Guile, and I tweet at Door Podcast. And Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I'm at the Chikrin on Twitter. Okay, we're going to be discussing Sansa's fifth chapter in A Clash of Kings, and all our usual trigger warnings for um, potential discussions of rape and violence. Um, so Sansa's, she's out and, you know, waiting for Joffrey and she hears the sound of singing in the sept. Tyrion asks why she hasn't been summoned to wait out the battle in Magger's holdfast, um, with the other highborn ladies. Uh, Sansa tells him that Joffrey insisted that she see him off. Um, Joffrey rudely calls her over and shows her his new sword and really just the whole thing is kind of creepy and the pommel you know he's described as really gaudy pommels ruby cut and shape <laughs> between a lion's jaws showing the typical <laughs> lannister restraint yeah, exactly he comes he comes by this very honestly on yeah. really <laughs> his whole life has been trained for this and he's named it heart eater it's just uh, like you know the 80s rock band uh <laughs> And he tells her to, oh, God, it's just so tacky, the whole thing. He tells her to kiss it. And, you know, she's taking herself. He's so stupid. You know, this stupid boy. But that she'd rather kiss, you know, dozens of swords rather than kiss Joffrey himself. Um, uh, she asks him, you know, kind of using a bit of reverse psychology here. And she asks him if he's going to leave his knights in battle. Um, lead them, sorry. And uh, she's like, Tyrion told him that Stannis isn't going to cross the river. And he's going to, you know... So he's going to command from the ships instead, conveniently. Uh, and she goes on. He's trying to lay it on pretty thick here. Uh, she tells him that her brother, you know, is always where the fighting was the heaviest. But that, you know, unlike Joffrey, he's a grown man. So she's kind of hoping these words are going to push himself to get himself in. Some- I, I love how good she's getting at trolling him at this point. <laughs> oh, gosh, I know. It's like he doesn't. He gets pissed off just in general, but at the word, but he's not, you know, he doesn't get what's happening here. Of course <laughs> not. So he's like, we, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, we had a couple questions on like okay. this opening section. They're both from Cardinal girl 75 from the discord. And, um, you know, they ask on this one, you just talked about, um, you know, Sansa or a comment, I guess Sansa recklessly tells Joffrey that Rob is always known to be in the thick of fighting during his battles, which made me laugh thinking of the interaction between, Rob and Joffrey at Winterfell when, when Joffrey wanted to spar with real steel. And Rob agreed, but Sir Roderick refused to let them. And Joffrey mocked Rob as he walked away. And now here's Rob's sister mocking Joffrey for observing and not doing anything in battle for all of his bravado. This, <laughs> <laughs> you know, very, um, really true. And then um, they had a question about um, what significance is any if any, is there in the names of the three swords that Joffrey owns in his life? His first was Lion's Tooth, the second Heart Eater, and the final one, Widow's Whale. When I read this chapter, the names brought to mind the story of Lightbringer, Azor Ahai, and Nisa Nisa. Given that George recently said that the show's ending was not going to exactly match the books, and given that it's very likely Jamie will end up with Widow's Whale, 
do you think it's going to lead to either Jamie or Brienne having to sacrifice the other? And they say, I'm crying while I type this. Oh, wow. That, yeah, because it's what they, Azor Ahai plunges the sword into the height of, heart of a lion, right? Yeah. Before, yeah, the before he kills Nissa Nissa. Yeah. Uh, dislike. Oh. Dislike. Yeah. I want to unknow I this. <laughs> I, know, I had never thought of the of his swords in particular, but yeah. Oh, gosh. It's kind of interesting because it makes yeah. me actually feel like Brienne would be the Azor Ahai if you're thinking of yeah. the yeah. widow's whale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know. because Jamie's all of these. Jamie's the lion and the love of her life. And, uh, oh, yeah. 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 Heart eater. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Don't want. Reject. <laughs> <laughs> also, Heart Eater is like a terrible. I mean, it is like Clotho, like you said, a 80s rock band, like hair band name for a sword. Which actually, if someone would like to put together that as a quiz, because I think like long ago we, we thought of a quiz of whether it was the Mountain Tribe or Bluegrass Band. I thought we could totally have. A Song of Ice and Fire sword or 80s hairband. <laughs> yes! <laughs> like Dark Sister. Dark Sister. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, if they're not 80s hairbands, if you are interested in being an 80s hairband cover band and you're looking for a name, <laughs> look no further than a Song of Ice and Fire sword name. Okay. Like, oh, I mean... Yeah, yeah, it could be like all bands playing like this opening act, you know, the the main, you yeah. know, Widow's Wales the main. <laughs> like, right. But yeah, they all I mean, all of those sword names, frankly, work really well as 80s hair bands. They actually do. <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah, so you know, write a quiz someone. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, that was good though. Oh my gosh. Okay, so um after he leaves, Sansa goes inside the sept. Um Oh, Clotho, can I oh. stop? There was something else that I found interesting in this section. I'm pretty sure it was in this section where Tyrion kind of offhandedly says to her, he's like, oh, shoot, I should have sent you off with Tommen. You would have been a lot safer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which I hadn't remembered that he said. And that was really interesting. Yeah. And I ended up looking up Rosby at all. I was going down this like rabbit hole because I had forgot all the little details of like how he got sent there. And then Tyrion had, um, was, um, Oh shoot. The guy's name that he had him kind of, uh, Oh, there was one guy. I, I just read this too, where he, uh, um, um, not Florent. Uh, geez, was so, oh, God, there's so many damn people's names. <laughs> I'm losing track, but he, he had him kind of intercept and keep an eye and place like Tom there himself with piss Cersei off. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I totally forgot about that is a good, yeah. If she had been sent. Oh my gosh. Well, it's a good indicator for what I've yeah. said the whole time. Like Everybody acts like Cersei's completely reasonable to try to yeah. kill Tyrion for taking Tom. And, and I mean, I know Tyrion threatens to kill Tommen, but it's so obvious that he's trying to keep Tommen. Yes. And it's very clear here that everything about moving Tommen is about keeping him safe and not threatening his life. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, the way what Tyrion does is, I mean, and, you know, obviously, none of, you know, we of all people are certainly not typically Tyrion fans, but, I mean, he basically, <laughs> he basically organizes this so that he cannot betray Tommen. Like, regardless yeah. of torture, regardless of anything, yeah. he can't yeah. betray him. So, I mean, it's like, for all of Tyrion's many flaws, yeah. like his actions towards Tommen here are, you know, pretty great. And especially yeah. considering what happens later in the chapter with Cersei's intentions, I mean, right. gosh, she was ready to just do them all in. Yeah. Like, yeah. rather than get caught. So, I well, mean, she's, literally, she's literally plotting to have him killed during this battle. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, 
Oh, that is a good point. I hadn't thought of that. That's good. Yeah, um, so she's back inside. She goes into the sept. Um, she had never seen it so crowded and brightly lit. And it's kind of, it sounds really beautiful, um, you know, aside from all the, the horrors that are going to be happening soon. Um, she visits each of the seven altars uh, and finds a bench to sit on. And uh, just a little part here I was going to read. Um, she sang along with the grizzled old serving men and anxious young wives, with the serving girls and soldiers, the cooks, the falconers, the knights and knaves, the squires and spitboys and nursing mothers. Um, she sang with those inside the castle walls and those without and with all the city. She sang for mercy for the living and dead alike, Bran, Rick, and Rob, for her sister Aria, her bastard brother, Jon Snow, away off on the wall. And she sang for her mother and father, her grandfather, Lord Hoster, and her uncle, Edward, um, Edmure Tully, for her friend, Jane Poole, for her old drunken King Robert, for Septa Mordain, Sir Dantas, Jory Cassell, and Master Lewin. For all the brave knights and soldiers who would die today, and for the children of the wives who would mourn them. And finally, toward the end, she even sang for Tyrion the imp and for the hound. He is no true knight, but he saved me all the same, she told the mother. Save him if you can, and gentle the rage inside him. Which is, I'm sure, was like a big, you know, no, Santa's so favorite like, all the <laughs> line at the end. Like, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's it. It's like, I'm sorry you can't forgive her for being, you know, for fighting with her sister like anyone her age would or for, you know, making some mistakes that I think maybe we could forgive an 11 year old girl in a lot of pressure for doing. Okay. I mean, like she just there's this is sincere. You're in her head. There's there's no subterfuge here. You know, I mean, like this is just who she is. She's just fundamentally a very decent person. And it's like, I mean, hate her if you have to, I guess, but you're really not very justified. And, you know, for all of us kind of Holland Sansa shippers, this is, you yeah. know, like, this is the start of our holy grail of chapters, obviously. <laughs> oh, God. And, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, regardless of whatever tenure their relationship takes, like, there is something to be said that she recognizes that there's some good in him and that, you know... Yeah, I mean, she recognizes his value, I guess. Right. Like, maybe that's a way to put it. And her value, the way that she values him is, you know, entirely different than... Or she recognizes his humanity, maybe, is a good, right. like, a better way to put it. And, and given her situation, what she's been through, you, you know, she'd have every right to hate every single person in that castle, but she still manages to, you know, have empathy and sort of, you know, even amongst yeah. all the, you know... Well, and she's even having empathy for Tyrion here. I mean, you know, it's just right. like she she what you're seeing her experience here is that, you know, all of the kind of trappings of social class are falling away as everyone is facing this terrible threat that's coming, you know, and she sits down, I think, next to a washerwoman, isn't it? And it's like, you know, yeah. in this moment, all men are brothers type thing. And, uh, you know, it, it's a really good example of how she is beginning to move past some of <laughs> Cat's more snobbish teachings right. about, you know, social class and things like that. And you see her continue on this journey through Feast, you know, where she's just like slowly understanding, you know, okay, you know, all people are people and nobody deserves to be treated like shit, you know, and she's, she, she's really learning here, you know, how to be a better human in a way better than her parents, quite frankly. And yeah, I love and Santa to, so much. And how to be, you know, like this is the queen that someone would want. You know, like yeah. Cersei's hold up drinking and, you know, putting on a show with undoubtedly a sneer on her face. And I mean, you know, if Sansa was the queen in this case, this is the kind of thing that people take 
you know, people gain strength from, or they gain, you know, they're a little bit less afraid if they're, you know, oh my gosh, you know, the queen is out here with us. The queen is touching us. Like, you know, and it's sincere, whereas we sort of get the feeling that, you know, Marjorie, Marjorie knows this lesson as well. Like she's been taught the same lesson, but maybe there's a bit of a lack of sincerity, at least, you know, in who's telling her to do things Whereas like, no one's telling Sansa to do like her own, like, humanity driving her to it you know and we're in her head so we could see the bravery there because she yeah. could have immediately just, exactly. left once joffrey yeah. like didn't need her anymore she could have went right back right. but she took and time it's just very natural was- you know this is who she nat you know she's like an and i mean so much of some of these characters is about like who are these natural leaders and what are their attributes and we see it in a lot of chapters and this is what's you know that is true. She's, this is, you know, yeah, this is Sansa. It's like the same. God. I mean, I don't want to compare her to Princess Diana, but there is something about, like, no. oh, God. You know, the people. But That's I mean, so I think true. about, like, the people loved her in part because she was willing to, like, yeah. not just deal with the upper crust, you know? And that's what we see with Sansa here is that, you know, she's, yeah, I mean, all the things you said, Chicky. Like, she's not her mom. She's not Cersei. She's, you know, someone who people would admire and follow on on their own, you know. It's kind of a shame, too, because how many times does that come around where somebody is up to the task? You know, so many people probably got, in, you know, in these situations where they were, like, in, you know, going in a position, you know, as it were, like, in, in authority. And, yeah, I mean, look at like Cersei, got she did with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they kind of got lucky with Sansa, or, you know, they, they would get lucky yeah. with Sansa. Yeah. Yeah, and here she is, all of twelve years old. <laughs> right. Oh, God. right. Uh, yeah, I know. On top of it, yeah. The one but thing yeah. I go oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, well, you go ahead. I was just gonna say, like reading the lyrics, like I have the tune from the show of you know, gentle mother, font of mercy. But then reading like all the lyrics of how trite it is at the end, you know, help our daughters through this fray, soothe the wrath and tame the fury, oh, yeah. teach us all a kinder way. I'm like rolling my eyes. It totally reminded me of like that Mormon documentary, the Be Sweet thing about the FDLS people. It was just like exactly as trite. Like oh, it's creepy. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. And, and speaking of that, it's uh, she's once the Septon starts going up and he starts preaching. He's like asking for Joffrey's safety. And in her own head, she's thinking, you know, exact opposite. Okay, let's let's let his men abandon him. Let's let these things happen, <laughs> please. So she's, you know, she's just done. She's out of there. I mean, if Joffrey that. had been in the frame more, there's a very strong chance he would have been murdered by his own <laughs> yeah. men. Though, are we, yeah. you know, yes. <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay, so as she makes her way to the holdfast, um, she can already hear the sounds of battle. It's already started, and. Um, she is coming up across, she's getting ready to approach the drawbridge, and she sees Lady Tanda and her two daughters. Um, they're sort of half carrying and half dragging of what she's sort of in her head is thinking. She, and she's not sick. She's, well, she's not, not, she's unwell, but she's unwell because she's pregnant. And, um, and they're dragging Lawless, pregnant Lawless across the bridge. Um, they make their way um to the queen's ballroom and they, they describe it as about seating about a hundred there's merry music drifting down from the gallery above and um all the tables are kind of like people are it's high-born women you know all the high-born women in the city and there's a handful of old men and young boys um sansa you know she has to sit at the place of honor beside the queen to the right of her and uh she catches sight of sir ellen Payne 
and that kind of you know gives her pause and Cersei comes in as a kind of grandiose this white gown and greets everyone and signals for the first I don't like how the hell can you eat during this like is the first yeah. thing oh gosh um, on the other hand stress <laughs> yeah yeah it's true maybe it's like yeah let's have some music and eat <laughs> gosh um, Sansa asks Cersei why Sir Ellen is there and Cersei kind of like you can just tell she kind of She's so bitter, but she kind of part of her, I think, relishes this. Like, it's just the idea of like spoiling people's, like, you know, I don't know. She just loves it. It's, you can, it just feels like it. Yeah. She sort of responds that she's dealing, you know, she's got to deal with treason to defend them if need be. Um, it's just so, tw- like, oh gosh, it's just, it's, she's odd. Like, there's not, there's, there's grains of truth here, but it's just twisted how she. Look, just call a spade a spade. Cersei <laughs> enjoys the cruelty. Like, this yeah, is fun yeah. for her. Like, that is yeah. what it is. Oh, so also, did you clock that Shay is Lawless's uh, lady maid here? Yeah. Oh, I did it. So thanks for bringing that up, because I... Gosh. So that's and the... Shay's, is that the first time the intro to her? I think so. For Sansa, and, probably. Yeah, and she's huh. obviously, you know, Shay's like not too happy about having to deal with Lawless, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, and the poor Lawless is obviously, you know, oh, yeah. pregnant with, like, a whole, you know, a whole bunch of trauma that, you know, you can't even imagine. And then, you well, know, then war and what else is going to happen to her, you know? Well, not just that. The, the like, quiet subtext of, oh, we're going to go to Mager's Holdfast to be safe when everyone right. blows this is where Elia Martell and her kids were when oh, the Lannisters attacked that. King's Landing and yeah. like they all died. So, you know, it is not, it is not really a safe haven in anyone's mind. And poor Lawless, who has just survived a violent attack and yeah. uh, rape, of course, is obviously terrified. Yeah. And, and that's a good segue into like, you know, Sansa's thinking to herself that she, you know, she would feel safer. That's another little thing, you know, it's the, Sansa and Shipper's got another little gem here. With she would feel safer if it was the Hound instead of um, Sir Illyn there. And but she says out loud, uh, "Won't the guards protect us?" Uh, to Cersei, and Cersei bluntly tells her, "If the battle's lost, like their own guards are going to turn on them and sack the city." Um, uh, this last little bit I'll read. Um, Sansa responds, "True knights would never harm." women and children, the, but the words rang hollow in her ears even as she said them. True knights, the queen seemed to find that wonderfully amusing. No doubt you're right, so why don't you just eat your broth like a good girl and wait for Simeon Star-Eyes and Prince Aemon the Dragon Knight to come rescue you, sweetling? I'm sure it won't be very long now. Uh, yeah, and I kind of answer, I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just a creepy, like, like you said, like, there's, I mean, this is pretty doomed. Like doom. That's what you feel. Yeah, and there's, there's, there's something. Can we talk about how rich it is that Cersei's here preparing for treason and you know, like getting ready, when at the same time she's literally plotting to have her own brother murdered within a few hours. <laughs> when and and I have to say it's so self defeating to try to murder him right now, because he's literally all that's standing between her and um you know utter doom. <laughs> She's just right. It's so twisted. It's like she's halfway smart because she understands this is the dangers of this situation, but at the same time, she's just so 
dumb and short-sighted about some things you just like how on earth did she survive as long as she did i don't well, even know i know she hates him but he's an asset he's such an asset like, yes. which she knows on some level <laughs> and in this situation it's not even like in feast where she had some you know she's had no part as, as far as i can recall in the planning of the defense of the city like she hasn't been a part of that so she has no idea you know she hasn't done anything in terms well, she, of, of she did. Plan. She she's the one who started the deal with the wildfire fire, I think. Okay. And then Tyrion finds out about it and makes a much better plan than she ever would have, obviously. And I think she has some concept of what his plans are. I think she knows a bit, but like they're clearly not communicating well at this point because they've had their massive falling out over, you know, the whole Tommen thing and the fact that I think it was is it Shataya that 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 Cersei had beat up thinking that I think was so, yeah. girl. I can't remember. Yeah. Anyway, or was it a I can't, whoever, somebody that didn't deserve it. Um, they've had their huge falling out. And so she's just, you know, all she can care about is like her personal threat from Tyrion and just can't see, Oh, we need him. Like we need him here. Like, you know, obviously if he wanted Tom and dead, Tom would be dead. If he wanted Joffrey dead, Joffrey would be dead. Right. He's had access yeah. to do that. Like, it's just, ridiculous that she doesn't see that yeah she's she's a piece of work we have a couple more questions if we're okay good she's like okay yeah so we have a another question from cardinal girl 75 who says um this is kind of about Ilan Payne. so this has probably been discussed before but exactly how big is ice sansa describes it in this chapter as being almost as tall as Ilan Payne. and is Ilan just very short or is ice <laughs> that big it's <laughs> insane I think I think in a Game of Thrones it's described as like six feet tall, isn't it? How are they like? How can they ride a horse? (laughs) There are so many logistical questions in this series that you just kind of have to hand wave away. Yeah, like, like how could anyone? (laughs) You'd be like accidentally like cutting and severely injuring people left and right. Yeah. (laughs) I just can picture, like, you know, I think of, like, high jump. Like, they're, like, running, like, 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 fling yourself with it. You'd you'd have, and you'd have, you'd have so many friendly fire killings in a battle with, like, a sword that thing. You couldn't couldn't use it in battle. It literally would only be, it's, like, basically a portable guillotine. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... So ridiculous. Let's, let's add like let's add. I'm sh- I'm sure there the are swords. I'm sure there were swords this big. He must be basing it on something, but it just sounds really impractical. Um, and then we have a final question from um, Barbecue on the Jamie Brian subreddit, who says, "Random thought, but I wonder if this will parallel mirror the big battle versus the other and show how." Um, Sansa was then versus now and that she's learned all the things from the veil um given that she survives of course I don't know I mean I feel like you know Sansa's not going to be riding out into battle and I feel like the lessons I mean I guess from my perspective the lessons that she needs to learn if she's like in the position of being a queen of you know queen I mean I feel like she's kind of there like she's empathetic she's you know, she's not hiding. Like I don't know what else she's maybe they maybe they learn. mean about watch. Maybe they mean watching out for you know the way that people oh, behave like, during a battle or yeah. something. I guess that could be true. I mean, yeah, I'm sure you know 
and we we've talked a lot about this, I think, before with Sansa, but you know, it's like despite how terrible all of her quote unquote teachers are, she has had a very good education in a lot of different areas of leadership. So yeah, I mean like I'm sure she'll take everything that she's learned and use it in different places that we will see in the future as I assume Sansa will survive the whole series. Yeah, I'd be really surprised if Sansa, which is weird because when you read like the original outline and stuff, it seems like Sansa very much will not survive, was not like planned to be, you know, in, in any kind of end game, but you know, things change yeah. or they don't. I don't know. Um, and you know, I'd like to ask everyone's forgiveness for, for a minute there talking as though there would be more books or a completion uh, to the series. There won't well, be, and I was going to segue forget, yeah. over to, if anyone had anything they wanted to talk about in terms of, you know, the news from the news from uh, George, um, you know, kind of clarifying again, that the books in the show won't be the same and that, you know, obviously there are characters that were never in the show that some characters that died in the show will live in the books and vi- and vice versa. I mean, it was a great blog post that he did about that. I feel like maybe we should throw an episode at that. That'd be fun. It'd be fun yeah. for us. Yeah, I didn't, you know, honestly, I didn't even read it. I saw people's comments on it, but I didn't even read it because it was so, like, bitter. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, that would be a good episode. <laughs> I feel like none of us would need any preparation for that episode. I feel like we could just hop on and immediately put half an hour into <laughs> So, I mean, was there any hope there? Like, do you, do you guys feel any hope, or do you still feel like... He always thinks he's going to fucking finish these books. He he has never not thought that he would so finish... it's more like in his head there's hope. <laughs> yeah. In his head there's hope. I don't know that it really means there's much more hope that we'll, we'll get it. I mean, what it might mean is, eventually, someday, someone will have enough content for wins that they can put something together and probably release it. I mean... If we all live long enough. I hope they do that. And, you know, it's like kind of that same batch of characters that he brings up, you know, like Quaith and Brown Ben Plum and, you know, Ariel Hota, which, you know, it's like, well, geez, really? <laughs> and Lady Stoneheart. He's been a Lady yeah, Stoneheart. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. So, yeah, I mean. I mean, that would be cool if he'd finish it then. You know, because. Sure, of course it would be cool. too. Like, it, gosh. Because, I mean, that would be because it feels like. That was the thing. I think it felt like, you know, that it could have possibly ruined it, just the way they, you know, ugh. But, you know, and also ruined the, the feel for reading it. But if it if it did include different things, and yes, people would be excited about it again. I mean, think oh. about the percentage of chapters that have been released of wins that are POVs of characters that were never in the show, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. we've probably seen more John Con and Ariane than anything else, and Oh, and Barristan, who's, you know, been dead in the show for years. Oh, yeah. so, I mean, what we've seen of wins is almost entirely from characters that, you know, were never in the show, which is still, you know, I think like Chicky and I would probably both agree that the most satisfying part of his blog post was again, like, you know, sh- shoving it in the face of the, you know, the obnoxious show truthers that were yes. uh, being uh, very, good, yeah. very insistent for whatever reasons that, yeah, it was. For whatever reasons that are. For whatever reasons that are detached from reality, it when was canon, had, yeah. they yeah. already I mean, I, hadn't adapted massive parts of Feast and Dance, which have already been published, they didn't do. So we know there are massive differences, and to pretend that there won't be, just because, I don't know, it fits your theories or lets you put the series to rest, I don't know. We always knew that there were going to be massive differences in the books yeah. versus the show ending. 
George has hinted at it, and this is him just kind of coming flat out and and stating it. I don't know who got to him and told him that he needed to do that, but it probably was a good thing that he did. <laughs> Maybe he wanted to give it a little bit of time to, you know, I mean, let honestly, everything die down. And it then... <laughs> might even be about the stupid dragon show because, you know, oh. you know, they need people to watch that shit. And if it's oh. a prelogue to a series that had a horrific ending, it's kind of hard to be emotionally invested in it at all. So. You know, which is, like, you know, and I know that they are paying attention, which is the discussion online about that show. It's why would I invest in this? They don't know what they're doing. Oh, wow. Okay. So people yeah. are really Crystal like, okay. yeah. I mean, to me, it's like, I'm not going to invest in a show where all the characters who are fucking are related. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, like that is, I, no, no, hard no. Yeah. It's too yeah. much. Oh, gosh. Well, <laughs> I think that about wraps it up, but that was good. <laughs> okay, you could reach us at close the door and at gmail.com on Tumblr at close the door and come here at tumblr.com. Submit questions to the chapter threads on the Jamie and Brienne subreddit. Um, follow us on Twitter at door podcast and please like, review, and subscribe to us um, on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, wherever you listen, and support us on Patreon at close the door. Um, Thanks for chatting and thanks for listening and I'm closing the door. Get out.